Hey friends, welcome back to the Journal Feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. We want to keep you up to date on the literature, and to do that, we will spoon-feed it to you. Now, if you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber, and so will not be receiving the full Journal Feed podcast, only receiving a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry, all great articles, but if you would like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, then you will have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org, and remember that we never want money to be a barrier to better patient care. So if you're having any trouble affording a subscription, just get in touch, we'll help you out. This is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were brought to you by Rebecca White, Doug Wallace, Millie Koss, Jason Lesnick, and Clay Smith. Let's get right into the first article titled Pre-Hospital Tranexemic Acid for Severe Trauma, the Patch Trial, out of the New England Journal of Medicine. I feel like a few years ago, TXA was pretty much the solution to all things bleeding. But over the last few years, I've become progressively less enamored by it because there's been quite a few negative trials. As things go, one of the strongest indications for TXA, which is still standing, is major trauma, which is relevant since this is one of the leading causes of death in youths. Now, the CRASH-2 trial solidified the use of TXA in general trauma, but following this, there have been many negative trials for the use of TXA in various other bleeding conditions. CRASH-2 was only barely positive for a subset of TBI patients. HALT-IT was negative for GI bleeding, NOPAC was negative for epistaxis, now, this trial here is kind of a replication of CRASH-2, which is great to see because TXA use in trauma is primarily based just on that one study. In this case, though, it was an EMS trial where TXA was given pre-hospital in the setting of general trauma. Here is a double-blinded RCT on 1,300 patients from Australia, New Zealand, and Germany. I always find it funny to see associations like this. Australia and New Zealand, sure, together, it makes sense. And then you just throw in Germany on a completely different continent. Why? I have no idea, but why not? Now, all the patients had major trauma and suspected trauma-induced coagulopathy. Half were randomized to TXA and half to placebo. The dose of TXA used was the usual 1 gram bolus and then 1 gram within the next 8 hours. The most relevant outcome here was mortality at 6 months which was roughly 54% for both TXA and the placebo groups, a risk ratio of literally 1.00. I don't think I've ever seen a trial with so little difference. There was also no difference in favorable functional outcomes at six months, which was the primary outcome. Nice to see a patient-centered outcome. Yet again, TXA was considered safe with no significant increase in vascular events. This is a pretty well-done trial, and it's negative for TXA use in trauma. Now, of course, I don't really think this overturns CRASH-2 per se, but it does give me a little bit of pause. Regardless, I guess TXA won't be added to the pre-hospital armamentarium, not after this trial anyways. Now, I don't think this is really going to change what anybody's doing. I'd say keep on doing whatever you're already doing, which is probably giving TXA for general trauma, since, you know, the data is still in favor of this as a good indication. And at the very least, it does seem to be safe. In a spoonful, pre-hospital TXA for trauma did not show a benefit in six-month survival or functional outcomes in this high-quality study. So let's skip off to the third article. Titled, Comparing Physician and Artificial Intelligence Chatbot Responses to Patient Questions Posted to a Public Social Media Forum, out of the JAMA Internal Medicine. 
If 2023 has had a theme to it, then I'd say it's had to have been artificial intelligence and probably more specifically ChatGBT. More people than ever are actively and knowingly going to artificial intelligence programs to answer their questions and even do their homework, of course. Now, Google has been using artificial intelligence algorithms for a long time to give you all the search results that you know and love. But now with ChatGBT, it feels like it feels a lot more like a conversation with the computer because the language models. So it it certainly feels different. The rise of ChatGBT also comes along after a huge push for telemedicine brought on by COVID. So a lot more people are receiving their care virtually than ever before anyways. So things have really come down to not if, but rather how artificial intelligence is going to change our jobs. This study looked at comparing how well ChatGPT answered real people's questions about their health versus how doctors answered those same questions. It was a little bit complicated, the authors explained, to be able to use ChatGPT to answer real people's questions. Uh, ChatGPT doesn't really have the right credentialing to do so, at least not with real patients, not yet per se. So the authors had to find kind of a little bit of a workaround, and they found real patients' questions on the internet. All of the questions that were analyzed were from r Ask Docs on Reddit. If you're not nerdy enough to know what Reddit is, well, it's probably the internet's biggest message board. In this particular corner of Reddit, people are able to ask questions, and then users who are verified as actual doctors can answer those questions. The authors took 195 of those questions and compared the answers between doctors on Reddit who gave answers and when you asked ChatGPT about it. The answers were blinded, and then doctors, who happened to also be authors in the study, were used to grade the answers for their quality and empathy on Likert scales. Overall, the physicians were really not as good as ChatGPT in terms of quality or empathy. The clear winner would go to artificial intelligence on this one if it not were some obvious limitations. Now, I understand the authors had to work with what they had, so all that in mind, I still think this was a clever and interesting study. A quick Google search shows you that traditional news sources did not so much take into account the limitations of the study, claiming that ChatGPT probably is better bedside manner than your doctor. It's a slight exaggeration. In terms of limitations, well, for starters, the answers that people give on Reddit, I mean, even if they are real doctors, they're not likely to compare to how your doctor would actually answer your questions. There's a lot of cultural norms and expectations wrapped into posting things on Reddit. Also, your own doctor would probably know a little bit more about you, your past medical history, social situations, they've interacted with you before, and then could tailor your answer to you. These are all things that artificial intelligence could probably also do at some point, or probably even currently do, so maybe that's not the best point per se, but either way, there are a lot of weird social expectations going to posting on Reddit. It's different than actually answering an email or answering someone in person. This is highlighted by the fact that physician responses were a quarter as long as the artificial intelligence responses, average of 52 words compared to 211 words. Also, having the authors as the reviewers could certainly introduce bias. I would have liked to see the reviewers make guesses as to which one was the ChatGPT answer and which one was the Reddit doctor answer, and see how well-blinded they really were. 
in a spoonful, this would be a very poor reason to think that artificial intelligence could replace a real physician, even if just answering questions online. Okay, that's all our articles. Let's do our wrap-up. What did we learn today? From the first article, TXA for trauma is still a hospital drug. The patch trial did not show benefit when given pre-hospital. From the third article, ChatGPT answered questions from Reddit actually pretty well. But that doesn't mean that it can really outperform a physician, at least not a normal physician who's actually your doctor. Just, you know, random internet doctors, maybe. We're certain to see more of this coming down the pipeline, though. Again, if you're hearing this, then you are not part of the members feed, and so you missed three articles from this past week. What were they about? Well, the first one was about what is the best CO2 level to shoot for post-out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. Second, putting a central line in a thrombocytopenic patient can be dangerous. Should you be giving platelets first? And the heart score gets a facelift, recalibrating the heart score for high-sensitivity troponins. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a bite-sized nugget of space repetition. Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and save lives, one spoonful at a time. Thank you.